Hey, podcast family, I think this next fact is wild. Were you aware that there's actually strong evidence that says that most infants and young children actually acquire cavity-causing bacteria from their mothers, and it can happen as early as in utero? Yep, a child's future dental state actually starts in the womb. That's 100% true. That's the consensus from the National Maternal and Child Oral Health Resource Center, as well as the CDC. Isn't that wild? Recent studies also suggest that strep mutans can actually colonize the mouth of pre-dentate infants, and that this transmission can be both horizontal as well as vertical. Remember that vertical is mother-to-child transmission before birth. Route of delivery also seems to matter here. In 2005, Lee et al. published in the Journal of Dental Research that infants that were delivered by cesarean section actually acquired karyogenic bacteria about 12 months earlier than those delivered vaginally. Go figure that! Providing pregnant women with counseling to promote healthy oral health behaviors may reduce the transmission of this bacteria from mothers to infants and young children. And by doing that, we can delay or prevent the onset of newborn or childhood caries. The ACOG does state that pregnancy is a teachable moment when women are motivated to adopt healthy behaviors and attention to oral health should be part of that. For example, patients need to be told that consumption of foods that are in high sugar, low fiber, or high saturated fat actually increases the tendency of periodontal disease, especially in pregnancy. The CDC also states that every pregnant woman should receive a comprehensive dental examination early in pregnancy or at some point during the pregnancy. Unfortunately, health disparities influence the likelihood of receiving care in both medical and oral matters. There's a direct and proven relationship to income level here, guys, with the poorest women least likely to receive treatment. Shoot, in Texas, they're lucky to get prenatal care at all, much less oral care. So this is a real problem. The pregnancy risk assessment and monitoring data from 10 states have also shown that black and Hispanic women are less likely to receive dental care while pregnant when compared to non-black, non-Hispanic women. Oh, and on a side note, for your friends or patients trying to conceive, Poor oral health also affects time to conception. Man, that's crazy. There is a direct correlation between oral health and pregnancy, as well as fertility, in both males and females. For men, poor oral health can reduce their sperm count and the sperm's ability to swim. And in women, oral periodontal bacteria triples the risk of infertility. So in this episode, we're going to review how maternal periodontal disease affects pregnancy outcomes and how the data on this subject has evolved over time because medicine, well, it moves fast. Let's get started talking about how the mouth affects pregnancy. Our goal is to keep everyone up to date in practicing evidence-based medicine because medicine moves real fast. This is Clinical Pearls. 
It's funny how you remember things from your past that kind of stuck out or were impactful for you, obviously that were painful. But I remember as a third-year medical student, I was out in one of the uh, pregnancy high-risk clinics throughout Dallas, right? So our hospital system had a bunch of clinics all throughout DFW uh, to try to make it easier for patients to get care so they didn't have to go all the way, you know, let's say to Parkland. There were clinics all around the area. Uh, and I remember I went in to see this lady who was obviously pregnant and was complaining of toothache. And I went to my attending, again, a big name in obstetrics. And I said, oh, you know, the baby's fine. Her pressure's fine. Her frontal height is okay, whatever, whatever. And I said, but she's really complaining of, of dental pain. And she's got really bad teeth. And so what can we do with that? And I know this attending meant well. I get it. And definitely we were pressed for time. And we, there was a lot of patients there. We only had a certain amount of time. But I'll never forget that this provider turned around and looked at me and said, their mouth, why are you worried about their mouth? I mean, that's way too north for where we do our business. You got to go further down south. Forget about the mouth. They can go see a dentist for that. That has nothing to do with what we're doing here. Is that wild? And I remember that because I, I was so confident that I was going to get her plugged in. And then I just had this air let out of my balloon. Like, don't worry about that. We're, we're a high-risk OB here. And I just thought, well, that's kind of weird. I mean, never even thinking that there may be a connection. We now know, of course, that poor oral health is linked to a variety of adverse pregnancy outcomes. So we're going to cover that. But I just remember that so vividly because I was kind of embarrassed that I brought this up. I mean, I felt like, like an idiot. I'm like, man, why am I looking in the mouth after all? Well, the truth is I should be looking in her mouth and so should you and we all should because it greatly, I'm talking about greatly, affects pregnancy outcome. So anyway, I just thought I would get that story out, things that you remember from your past. Now let's get on to the real data. All right, let's lay this out right now at the beginning. According to the American Dental Association, oral health care, including use of radiographs, pain medication, and local anesthesia, is safe through all trimesters of pregnancy. All right? Yes, dental x-rays are okay during any trimester. Advances in the provision of diagnostic and preventative oral health care includes improved equipment standards, techniques, and even how the film is processed for quality control. The advent of digital imagery and fast radiographs. Now, I had to learn this. I didn't know this was a thing. But they used to do something called D-speed films that actually had a little bit more radiation. But now they use F-speed films, which produces like 60% less exposure time than the traditional D-speed films. All to say, all of this means that it's absolutely safe to get dental x-rays during pregnancy. In fact, research from the decade of 2010 forward confirmed, quote, the absolute fetal dose from dental x-rays was insignificant, end quote. Actually, the amount of ionizing radiation from dental studies is vastly smaller than the amount that we actually get from our day-to-day -day background exposures. That's crazy. Current evidence suggests that there's no increased risk to the fetus with regards to congenital malformations or growth retardation or abortion from any kind of dental film. The FDA, ACOG, and the American College of Radiology are all in agreement that the safety of x-rays is very well established even during all trimesters of pregnancy. In 2017, all three of those organizations released a joint publication and stated that x-rays performed on the teeth and mouth do not expose reproductive organs to direct radiation. 
So, getting a dental x-ray during pregnancy is entirely safe when performed with the appropriate shields to protect those organs. Now, even that right there is a little overkill. Even with these new techniques, the amount of radiation going to the pelvic area is super small, but just with the abundance of caution, the U.S. FDA and the American Dental Association still throw that into the guideline that just to make sure and really for patient comfort and, and well-being and state of mind that if you're going to get a dental x-ray, then the standard precautions should still be taken to even further drop any potential radiation exposure. And that includes a protective collar uh, for the thyroid and an abdominal apron. So if you do that and they use these newer techniques like the new speed films, then the amount of harm to the child is, well, pretty negligible. It's funny how we live in our own little worlds, right? I mean, as women's healthcare providers or OBGYN physicians or nurse practitioners, we feel pretty comfortable with that. I mean, if a pregnant woman says, hey, can I go get dental you know, care? Like, yeah, sure, knock yourself out. I mean, you've got to get that thing taken care of. But most dentists, um, and this has been reported through the ADA, they're like, oh, I don't know, she's pregnant, uh, and they're totally wigged out about it. It's interesting because the statement actually comes from them. <laughs> ACOG and the American College of Radiology kind of endorsed the ADA statement through that joint publication, but it really originated from the ADA itself. So yes, there is no concerns about standard x-rays of any type through any trimester for oral health care. So if you're ever asked, is there any kind of restriction for that? Uh, no. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now that we've laid down that background, let's get into the hard facts and a couple of definitions here. First, let's talk about periodontal disease because periodontal disease is actually an umbrella diagnosis and we're going to break that up here in just a minute. But as a big bucket diagnosis, periodontal disease is an inflammation or an infectious disease of the tissues that surround and support the teeth. Periodontal disease can be either gingivitis, which is still reversible, that is reversible gingival inflammation, or it could be periodontitis, which is gingivitis with gingival recession accompanied by loss of connective tissue and the alveolar bone. Pregnant women are more likely to develop gingivitis because of the normal pregnancy changes. Several studies have investigated the occurrence of periodontal disease during pregnancy, and there's a wide variation in its prevalence. Depending on geographic regions, approximately 14 up to 60% of pregnant women suffer from some form of periodontal disease. Additionally, the CDC states that one in four women of childbearing age have untreated cavities. That's a whole other issue. 
And interestingly, children of mothers who have high levels of untreated cavities or tooth loss are more than three times as likely to have cavities themselves. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, that's kind of a field effect, right? I mean, that's horizontal issues. If the mother doesn't eat well or has poor nutrition, that's going to be passed down to the child. And that's totally true. That's horizontal influence. But as we mentioned before, there's actually an influence that's vertical. We're going to touch on that in a minute, but I think that's pretty extreme. It's wild. I mean, of all the things we can pass to the child, we can program them to have cavities as well? That really sucks. According to ACOG, periodontal disease during pregnancy is most prevalent among women who are African-American, cigarette smokers, and users of public assistance programs. Of course, certain drug use types like amphetamines or cocaine, because they affect the circulation to the gingiva, can also predispose to oral diseases, specifically gingival diseases. All right, now, guys, now listen to this. Having poor dental health, all right, periodontal disease, is totally linked to adverse pregnancy outcomes. And that shouldn't be that surprising, right? I mean, outside of pregnancy, systemic inflammatory processes triggered by focal periodontal infections have been attributed to a variety of other conditions like cardiovascular disease, cerebrovascular accidents, type 2 diabetes, respiratory diseases, and even Alzheimer's has been linked to poor oral health. Man, it's crazy, and it all starts with the mouth. I keep thinking about that daggone attending that really messed me up, man. Made me feel so bad about looking in this patient's mouth and asking about, you know, her teeth after she brought it up. Man, I think we had a missed opportunity there. I feel bad for that. But we learn from our mistakes, and we go forward. Now, the topic is how the mouth affects pregnancy, and the answer is it affects it in a variety of ways. For pregnancy, high-quality systematic reviews and meta-analyses have been able to clarify this association between periodontal disease and preterm birth, low birth weight, preeclampsia, and preterm low birth weight as well. Findings clearly support a strong positive association between periodontal disease and these outcomes, and they've been highly consistent across systematic reviews across different years of publication. Why? Well, theoretically, blood-borne gram-negative anaerobic bacteria or the inflammatory mediators that they release at the gingival level, like lipopolysaccharides and cytokines, can be transported to the placental tissues as well as to the uterus and obviously to the baby. The results of this increased inflammatory modulation includes pushing the patient over towards things like preterm labor and even trigger the pro-inflammatory cascade that can lead to gestational hypertensive disorders and placental dysfunction. We're going to get into the specific kind of issues that pregnancy podcast family, we're going to get into three big adverse outcomes that are linked to poor oral health, preterm birth, hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, and gestational diabetes. Those are the big ones, right? Those are the ones that give us most of our pregnancy morbidity, preterm birth, hypertensive disorders, and gestational diabetes. And it's all linked. They do have this association. Watch that word, association. We're going to hit that at the end. So don't leave because I do need to make this important clarification at the end. But there is this very strong association between oral poor oral health and these three morbid conditions. And even ACOG has fallen a little behind in getting this information out because the last committee opinion, which was actually reaffirmed in 2017, which was committee opinion 569, 
That is completely outdated. Now, in all disclosure, I've been in communication with the college, with the uh, OB care consensus uh, committee, and I'm like, we, we've got to get this thing out. It's, I, I took a look at it, took a look at all of the data, all of the references, and the references are, are totally, oh, there's new data out there. So that is something that's being discussed now. But we're going to get into Committee Opinion 569 a little bit later, but just to let you know that the information moves so fast that sometimes it's hard for even the committee opinions to keep up because it's just such a long process to do that. But that is up and coming. Let's talk now about preterm birth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have no explanation for how the U.S., this great country, has a grade of D regarding preterm birth. I mean, I just don't. I just, it's so heartbreaking. The March of Dimes recently gave the U.S. that D grade result after reviewing the prematurity rates for the country. Preterm birth is now at 10% national rate, and that's up 4% from the last report. Remember, that just came out earlier, November 2022. This is completely related to what we're talking about because there is this correlation between preterm birth and poor oral health. A meta-analysis from 2021 by Bola et al. published in Evidence-Based Dentistry and a cohort study by Dale Levera also in 2021, which was published in Oral Diseases, showed that compared with pregnant women without periodontitis, pregnant women with periodontitis had a double risk of preterm birth. Also, a 2020 hospital-based cross-sectional case control study that was published in the Archives of Gynecology and Obstetrics suggested that the presence of postpartum maternal periodontitis and its severity remained independent risk factors for preterm birth in the subsequent pregnancy. Guys, there's definitely this link here, and it all has to do with that pro-inflammatory cascade. I think it's important to to talk about this whole progesterone thing, too, because when the prolonged trial came out, and we've got podcasts on that, and everybody was so let down that poor progesterone didn't really seem to do what it was supposed to do with preterm birth. Everybody in women's health just felt so betrayed, right? So let down by progesterone. But why were we that surprised? I mean, really. I mean, there's no one magic fix to preterm birth. There's so many different influences that that affect it. There's high allostatic load. That's, in other words, the amount of stress a person is under because of cortisol flares and uh, adrenaline. We know that that kind of psychological and physiological stress can give you preterm birth. We know that there's nutritional factors, there are infectious causes, there's this pro-inflammatory state that leads to preterm birth. And this is where this oral health issue comes in. Rather than just being so let down and depressed about progesterone, why don't we find other ways to go after it? And one of the ways we can do that is by getting oral health care taken care of. But ideally, it's before pregnancy. Because here's the shocking truth, and we're going to get into this a little bit later. Unfortunately, no amount of intervention during pregnancy itself for poor dentition will affect that adverse outcome because the cascade is already in motion. This is why preconception care is so vital. And as I've mentioned before, unfortunately, my patients just don't get preconception care because they don't have insurance coverage. And that's the sad part of it. 
is that while you can identify it in pregnancy and patients are encouraged to go get treated in pregnancy, it's likely not going to reduce those three big morbid factors of gestational diabetes, preterm birth, and hypertensive disorders because the cascade is already in motion. However, identifying it during that pregnancy, again, is a great opportunity to get that problem addressed. It may not affect pregnancy outcomes for that pregnancy, but it's a great way to promote oral health overall. And once she delivers, if you get that problem fixed and she gets pregnant again later, that would help address those risks in that future pregnancy. So just because it doesn't help the adverse pregnancy outcomes in that index pregnancy when you find it, don't just assume there's no value to fix it at all because it just is a great time to promote overall better health, including oral health. Remember, that's a stand from the college. And then it helps set her future up to a better position with any future pregnancies. So it's important to tackle this thing, to identify this, and still send women for care during pregnancy, knowing that it might not help that pregnancy, but it may help in future pregnancies down the road. Okay, off the soapbox, now let's talk about how oral health affects preeclampsia. Here's where it gets a little interesting. In that ACOG committee opinion 569 that we mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, remember, that was reaffirmed in 2017. It states, quote, there have been conflicting reports on the effect of periodontal disease on preeclampsia, end quote. Okay, well, if you read that, it just kind of seems like oral health and preeclampsia isn't really a thing. But that's why we do this podcast, and that's why it's important to keep reading, because the references given for that statement came from 2003 and 2006. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Remember, and that whole bulletin was reaffirmed in 2017, that whole committee opinion. So it's outdated. Two subsequent meta-analyses, both published in 2013, reported positive associations between preeclampsia and periodontitis with an odds ratio of 2.17 and an odds ratio of 2.79. Both of those two separate meta-analyses from the same year, remember 2013, were published on the online journal Plus One. Then, in 2022, this year, a new systematic review and meta-analyses evaluating periodontal disease and preeclampsia was published in the Journal of Maternal and Child Health. These authors identified and selected observational, case control, and cohort studies that analyzed the association between periodontal disease with preeclampsia. 30 studies, including 6 cohort and 24 case control studies, were selected. Periodontitis was significantly associated with an increased risk of preeclampsia, and these authors found an odds ratio of 3.18 up to 4.48. Several mechanisms have been proposed for this association between periodontitis and preeclampsia. In 2007, Barak et al. demonstrated high levels of periodontal pathogens like P. gingivalis and F. nucleatum that's actually found in the placenta of patients with preeclampsia. This was published in the Journal of Periodontology. If you're not familiar with those two bacteria, because they're not really OBGYN bacteria, they are found specifically in periodontal disease. Yeah, and they were found in the placenta. Is that wild or what? But it's not just those two bacteria. You see, those two bacteria actually trigger a pretty intense inflammatory response that includes increased oxidative stress, elevated levels of anti-angiogenic proteins, as well as vascular endothelial growth factor receptor 1, all markers that have been affected with the pathophysiology of preeclampsia development. So what starts in the mouth, ends up in the placenta, triggers an inflammatory cascade, 
boom, there's the association with hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. And it all started in the mouth. Now, here's one of the side effects of reading a lot, all right, because you can get kind of confused. I mean, after I read all of this data on oral health and periodontal disease and preeclampsia, you know what I figured out? Stuff is missing from the high-risk category of preeclampsia development for which we give aspirin. I mean, those lists are great. Remember, one high-risk factor, give aspirin. Two or more moderate-risk factors, give aspirin. And if they have none of those, they don't need aspirin. Uh, the the low-dose aspirin strategy works. But if oral health and periodontal disease has this clear association with hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, why is that not on the list? I don't know. I mean, it seems to be kind of a disconnect, right? I mean, we've added IVF to the list and sociodemographic factors like race and income level as a marker for poverty and and health inequity. I get that. But oral health should be part of that. And it's not part of the aspirin list. See, something to think about. We've covered two morbid conditions that the mouth can affect during pregnancy. We talked about preterm birth and preeclampsia or hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. We're going to wrap this up talking about gestational diabetes. As we stated earlier, the etiology of these systemic comorbidities all stem from periodontal disease, and it's the rise in pro-inflammatory substances that's associated with periodontal disease that's the culprit in this whole mess. And this is nothing new. We've known this association with gestational diabetes for a while now. Mahler published in 2000 in Trends in Endocrinology and Metabolism that these inflammatory issues, these inflammatory markers, specifically tumor necrosis factor alpha, interfere with carbohydrate metabolism and glucose tolerance. It's interesting that that ACOG committee opinion 569 doesn't even discuss the association of periodontal disease with gestational diabetes. And again, I've talked to the college about that. I'm like, man, that, is, that committee opinion may have served a, a role back then, but there's new data out there. We've got to get this thing fixed. Current evidence does suggest that pregnant women with severe periodontal disease are at greater risk of developing gestational diabetes because those pro-inflammatory markers, as we've already stated, absolutely hinder and affect carbohydrate metabolism. In fact, multiple studies show an association between periodontitis and GDM, which is maintained after adjusting for confounding variables. In 2013, authors published in the Journal of Periodontology that periodontitis was significantly associated with GDM with an odds ratio of 3 the association remains significant with additional adjustments for family history of diabetes, pre-pregnancy BMI, and weight gain during pregnancy. A systematic analysis from 2016 by Abrega and Whitcomb that was published in BMC Pregnancy Childbirth focused specifically on periodontitis and gestational diabetes mellitus. These authors took 12 electronic databases and searched observational studies on the association between these two things through March of 2016. Ten studies met eligibility criteria. Unfortunately, there was a lot of heterogeneity in this data because authors used various diagnostic criteria for periodontal disease. But nonetheless, the meta-analyses did find a twofold increased risk of gestational diabetes among women with periodontal conditions. 
Ah, but because GDM has so many various influences on it, I mean, family history, race, BMI, weight gain, uh, age of the patient, right, advanced maternal age, and even PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, all of those things can influence GDM. It's not that clear cut. We can't just say here, periodontal disease absolutely gives you or causes GDM, but we can add it to that list of risk factors as an association. We're going to talk about that thing as we wrap this up next, because there is this distinction between these three comorbid conditions, preterm birth, hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, and GDM as an association with poor dentition. But that doesn't prove causation. So as we get ready to wrap this up, let's make that distinction between association versus causation. Okay, so we've stated that this link between periodontal disease and adverse pregnancy outcome is an association. But you and I know that in medicine, association does not necessarily prove causation. And that's even stated in ACOG's committee opinion 569, that there's no real evidence for a causal relationship between periodontal disease and adverse pregnancy outcomes. But associations sometimes can be pretty strong and pretty convincing, even though causation hasn't been proven. It's different process to prove causation, and associations are weaker ties, but they also can't be ignored. Even though causation is much more difficult to prove, associations, especially strong associations, can't be ignored. I mean, even that information is on the CDC website for oral health during pregnancy, and the ADA also stands by these strong associations and advocates for oral health during pregnancy. So as we close, it's easy to agree with the concluding statement from a published 2017 overview of systematic reviews on periodontal disease in pregnancy that was published by Dallardop et al. Quote, given the evidence presented in this comprehensive review, we propose that the association between periodontal disease and various common and severe pregnancy outcomes is now sufficiently established. End quote. Pretty well said. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. So can the mouth affect pregnancy outcomes? Yeah, it seems that it can. And even though causation can't be proven, the associations are pretty darn strong, so much so that the CDC, the ADA, and even ACOG do recognize that the associations are real. So go brush your teeth, take that mouthwash, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls. 